as a child. Welcome to Sin City with Nick Meneses and Dane McLean. Live chat about everything cinema, from new releases, iconic films, and plenty more for you movie lovers. Live for CMRU.ca. And now to the men behind the mic. Welcome, MRU, to our newest episode of Sin City. I'm one of your hosts, Nick Manessis. This is Dane McLean. Thanks for tuning in today, everyone. Happy Sunday? Yeah, happy Sunday. Forgetting the days. It's crazy. Yeah, it's Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> nice to meet you. Yeah, nice to meet you guys. Nice to meet you, too. How's your quarantine been going? Good. Uh... Nothing much has changed, gotta admit. <laughs> <laughs> Working from home, everything? Classes? Nope. Or... No, I, I, I work, I go to my office uh, pretty much every day. Oh. Um, the only thing different is the road's a little bit empty. It's faster to get to and from work. That's, a, that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> I can only imagine, yeah. No traffic out there these days, yeah. <laughs> but I am Sorry. jealous. I'm jealous because you hear all these people who are, most people are staying from home, so they are getting a chance to watch more films, more TV. And I'm, I'm not that guy, so uh, I'm maybe a little jealous there, but... <laughs> <laughs> you still have to have some schedule, though. I mean, like, movie watching is great, but you have to, like, you have to pick your times, right? Like, otherwise you need to still be like inspired by the movies and not like get too, you know, I, I, I watch a lot of movies, but I feel like I try to try to pick like a specific time that I can just like really enjoy it, really focus on it. Otherwise it feels like it's just too much at once. So it's good to, it's good to still have like the schedule around your free time. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> but I think, uh, I always hear, I always hear, uh, a lot of people who are like really into film and really into cinema and they watch like a ton of films and then they get burnt out. They need to take a break. Right. They just get like, you know, I don't know if it's just like you get too much into the critiquing side. So you kind of like lose that joy and then you need to kind of step back and remember why you, why you like films or why, um, you know, you got into it in the first place. Um, but yeah, I I hear that super. And even with me too, sometimes like, I'll just be like, Oh, I'm just going to, you know, if I have some spare time, I'm I'm, I'm going to play some video games or I'm going to, you know, do something else. Right. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I can see some people just like if that's all you're doing all day during quarantine without that schedule, like you said, I, I could see it getting a little bit, you know, tiring and <laughs> yeah, you want to do something you else. And you still want to love the things that you're passionate for and you don't want to ever get sick of something that's so like magical like a movie just it just pulls you out of like the reality so if you spend too much time away from reality you might not appreciate it as much when you do visit yeah. this sort of uh, escape so yeah because I, I used to watch a lot of movies when i was 19 18 19 and and now i think movies are exciting again like i was when i was a kid more so because i i don't watch them like every day but like every couple of days i i dive into like a few movies and it's it's like it's like re falling like falling in love with movies all over again sort of thing yeah uh, yeah that's very true yeah. yeah 
Uh, I have a question for you guys regarding your love for film. Like usually, usually when it comes to choosing a film or watching one, do you do you what matters most? Like the art value or more the entertainment value? Hmm. Yeah. Uh, for no, great question. For me, I just think it's the mood. You know, it depends on like what you're feeling, what your mood, um, what time of day it is, like all those things matter. I mean, even like me personally, I don't, I have a hard time even making like a list of like, what's my favorite, you know, whatever types of film we're talking about. I can't make a list because it'll change every day. Right. So like yeah. last night, for example, like I was like, oh, you know, watched with my wife and we were thinking about watching a comedy, but then in the end we watched, um, hotel Mumbai, which is that, uh, movie in India based on that terrorist attack at the hotel. And like, it was fantastic. Right. Whereas if I would, if we would have probably watched a comedy, like it was late, um, you know, like, I like, I just wouldn't have had that pay. I probably would have thought like nothing was really funny. Right. Cause it was kind of tired, but whereas like something more like intense and dramatic, like that was, you know, and I, and I really loved it. Whereas if I would have watched it like right now, middle of the day, I would have been kind of like, I don't know. It's not really a, a movie I want to watch right now. So I think it's just how I feel at the time, right? That's how I choose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you have to you have to be in the right moment for certain films, for sure. Like, I, I can't imagine watching... Well, I mean, I'm kind of sporadic, too. Like, I've watched a lot of um, very, like, dark movies, like, in the day, like, in the middle of the day. Mm. And it's a different experience. It feels... You don't feel as immersed into the experience. Like, I watched... Um, like enter the void which is a really dark movie but that was at like 3 p.m in like the daylight so there was like daylight shining through my into my basement and it was very different from watching it because i watched it again i think at night like i watched it a second time um and yeah the experience was different for sure just like depending on the time of day and mm -hmm. i've done that with a few movies it's it's actually quite interesting that the kind of difference in how you feel during the actual screening it's interesting what do you think yeah. that happened to you I believe so. Yeah, like um, I usually like sometimes I, I tell you guys like what film I'm gonna watch, but then like I'm, I say I'm gonna watch this film tomorrow, but then I change my mind because it doesn't fit with the mood I'm in right now. So yeah, I see your point too. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're. I think you're right about that. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, like for example, um, like today I was, like a few weeks ago, I told you guys I was gonna be watching a uh, Mummy, you know, by uh, Xavier Dolan, but then I was, I felt like watching something a bit romantic, so I said I chose Lost in Translation. Oh, okay, that's perfect. Yeah, two point guys. Yeah, I love both of those movies. Two, two of my favorites. Yeah, I've been I've actually been watching a lot of uh, like more into like thriller type horror movies at night. So like a couple years back when I watched uh, when Witch came out, um, mm -hmm. I watched it again in the day. Similar to that was like bright and I, I didn't it was OK, like but I was kind of I don't know. I didn't really feel it. I was like, ah, it's, I don't I don't really get the hype. I can kind of see it. And then I watched it a couple months later. It was like midnight. I was just in my iPad with my headphones, completely different experience. So from since then, I've actually been like only watching like either like that kind of horror thriller type movies very late at night. 
um, by myself, uh, while like, you know, with the iPad and, um, and it's, it's, it's been good. I've pretty much, you know, I've kind of really started liking them in that setting and I haven't actually been watching them <laughs> at any other time of day <laughs> or with any other people. I only watch them by myself, like, you know, just so I can with like, you know, a good set of headphones, you really get that kind of sound. Um, yeah, it's, it's been a good experience and I've pretty much liked every one of them. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like treating it like, a. um, I'm not going to say a religious experience, but like treating your, your movies experiences, like they mean something, right? Like, yeah. Like the same thing with going to the cinema, like you might pick a matinee versus a nighttime show yeah. for, for whatever reason. But I think like a big part of that plays into like, I personally would go for like the late night showings. Like that's just, I like going it into the theater at night when it's dark out, you go, you go out and it's just like, I feel like I process it better at night or something. And the same thing with watching at home, like that makes a big difference. Like I want to treat like each showing is like, this is something I'm going to really try to just be in the right mindset, I guess. And mm -hmm. I don't know, try to enjoy it more and not just treat it like it's just like an everyday thing. Like, oh, I'm just going to watch it on my iPhone in, you know, at my dinner table sort of thing. Like I want to like sit down, have the lights off. Yeah. And, Oh, just uh, that's just me personally, but uh, no worries, man. I, I, I agree with you too. I also love. I also do the same thing you do. I usually prefer to watch my films at night because it really, at the same time, it gives me that feel like you're actually in a movie theater, especially now that we're in quarantine too. So that helps. And also, yeah. <laughs> and also, uh, like same with you. Um, um, you mind if I call you? Um, what do you mean to call you? I'm K or how do you pronounce your name? Kieran. Or? Yeah, Kieran. Kieran. But, yeah. Yeah. Same as you. I I also prefer to watch horror films at night because it really like it really lets the horror element work. Like it really leave me makes you scared just to to set the fear factor up to eleven. So that's why I prefer to watch. So I usually wait till my parents are fast asleep and then the coast is clear. I sneak downstairs and I go watch. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm pretty I'm lucky because my wife hate like, she doesn't like watching any of those types of films, so um, I have to watch them on my own anyways. And I mean, when I watched I watched Lighthouse <clears throat> again, two different experiences, a big TV. It, it was good. It was an interesting like it, it was a good film. But when I watched it on a on on the iPad, I just somehow felt with a smaller thing. I just feel like it's it, you can kind of connect more. It's kind of a weird experience. I don't know. And I feel that with a lot of these like good horror films, not the slasher films like you know Saw or but like some of the ones that are have more of like a, a thoughtful or artistic kind of. Uh, way they were created I kind of I, I feel like I pick up more things and I, and I can I enjoy them more when it's just more of a an intimate type of you know the screen's a little bit smaller so you're a little bit closer there you're usually with headphones so you get that you know good the sounds better so you pick up on the little things and I always feel like I I enjoy that aspect more so for that type of genre yeah that's my number one alone dark headphones smaller screen i don't know i i I've, i haven't seen a, a one of those films on a on, in a theater in a while just yeah. so i don't know that's interesting to hear I, I i guess i've never really tried doing that so i don't know what it would be like but i can imagine that would be pretty yeah that'd be pretty interesting like um like you said like you notice the detail more maybe um 
because um, yeah, like I, I saw that movie The Lighthouse in theaters, and I, I mean I loved it. The experience was something else completely. But I could see, I could imagine like being up close to it. Definitely, it's, it's, it's a different perspective. Like when you're in theater, sometimes you miss stuff because the screen is so big. Like you don't always, you're not always looking everywhere on the screen yeah. all the time. But like if it's you know you know in a smaller format, I can imagine you would see everything a lot easier. Like like small details maybe. In yeah. some way, like um, I don't know, I don't know. I'm gonna have to try that though. That sounds pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it works for me. You know, it's it's one of these things that everybody has a different, yeah, different way they approach film, different way they approach anything, right? So that that works for me. Yeah. But yeah, give it a shot. I'd be curious to see what you uh. Yeah. yeah, that's a really interesting thing. Actually, I don't I don't own an iPad, but I think. Or even like a laptop, right? Even with a laptop, like right, you're you're just more closer to it. So yeah, you just yeah. you kind of pick up on those things. But yeah, I'm the same way. Theaters. Yeah. It's whether it's like the people. There's always something that kind of pulls me out a little bit. Um, so I don't. And then here in Vancouver, like it's just you can't ever get a theater by yourself. It's just not possible. Oh yeah. Um, so there's always like there's it's always full of people and um, you know I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes when there's a like when there's like a sad moment, for example, and then the audience is laughing, and that that just takes you right out of the moment. Sometimes, <laughs> like the unintended audience reaction. Yeah, I get that a lot too. <laughs> yeah, the audience definitely plays into it. You have to have the right audience, and yeah, yeah, it can it can ruin an experience if like someone's a bit too loud behind you, or you know, there's people that are like not as serious about the, the movie experience as other people so it's like it's kind of unfortunate but yeah definitely definitely i prefer being in a theater that's like not empty but like quieter and you have like just everyone just like really like immersed in it i think that's like the perfect atmosphere because it's kind of nice like if, if you leave the theater and you can kind of like get the sense of like people's reactions at the very end like everyone mm. like you they look like really impressed by it or like maybe they're sad or something i thought i always think that's kind of nice but like maybe not like during it you don't want to be like distracted by other people <laughs> too much yeah. but maybe afterwards to talk about it and see other people's reactions is actually quite fun but i see what you mm. mean i mean i guess also like the genre plays a huge factor for me anyway so for certain types of films i'll definitely go to the theater too to like to get that experience you know like um uh, obviously we, you know, some of the, the Marvel films or, or DC films, like we'll always go to the theater. Like my, I have a, a daughter and she loves them. I grew up reading comics. So, you know, uh, I, I have that kind of connection there. Um, or just, you know, some types of like more action or adventure or something that's gonna have a lot of CGI, like those things are always great to experience in the theater. And then, you know, and then if the theater, if the, you know, crowd kind of react with an awe or a wow or a, a laugh, you know, that's, that's okay. Like that doesn't, I feel that maybe yeah. that does actually add to it. Um, so I, I guess it depends on the genre for me for, for how, how I choose my theaters, but I actually find myself going less, less and less to the cinemas. I only actually watch those types of movies in the theaters. Anything else, I'll just kind of wait till I can just either be in, you know, my own type of environment where I know I can pick it up, but that's a, that's a personal thing. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, Nick, I think we, 
you have your list for today? I. Uh, yeah, I do. Uh, the, the war from top. Well, we are like 15 minutes in and we still haven't gotten to the topic yet. <laughs> but but before we get to that, um, um, Kieran, right? I, I'd yes. like to can tell a bit more about your uh, background. Like you mentioned you were a, uh, a marketing director of an auto group with performing dealerships in Canada, correct? Yeah, so I'm I'm marketing director for uh, for we have an auto group. There's five uh, five five dealerships. We have three Harley Davidson and two uh, uh, GM dealerships. So um, it's uh, I guess I've always kind of liked maybe more photos, video type of stuff like that. So you know maybe it was more of a natural progression, wanting to get into marketing, although you know. That's not really what marketing is, actually. If you ask any question of marketing, it's a lot of spreadsheets, numbers, data, budgets. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, but yeah. So we, we it's uh, but the, it's a it's a good opportunity for for me to sometimes be able to be around kind of creative uh, types of of. I guess filmmaking aspects where we're making commercials or different kind of content videos, um, and I really enjoy that too. Um, and I don't. I think that for aspiring um, people that are getting into filmmaking or something, I, I don't think a lot of them actually see that as a potential. Mm-hmm. That that's it's a good way to um, financially. It's 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 it can be a really good way a career to jump into, but it's also really fun. Um, you know, music videos different commercials all that kind of stuff i think that's a uh something i think if if more people would look at i think that they would actually find they'd enjoy for filmmakers and and um that's it's what i i like it um yeah but that's what i do here in vancouver it's cool that's awesome where where in vancouver are you are you um right in the city no we're just just south um, around the Fraser Valley, around the Langley area. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I've definitely been through there. It's yeah. beautiful. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. nice. Good we do. Yeah, as well. What's the weather like right now? I guess it's probably quite warm, like 20, 20 degrees. Plus. Yeah, 20, 22, 23 degrees, but uh, overcast. So just a typical Vancouver. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was there last year in April late april so like a month before now last year and it was it was nice but it's quite rainy most of the time april but it was, we had some nice days but yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty still, much rains all the time <laughs> but i love rain that's like my favorite climate i love, okay. I love that kind of climate it's, it's great nice. yeah we don't get a lot of snow but it's definitely the rain we get the rain yeah, I, I would take it over snow any day, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, um, yeah, that's kind of that's basically what I do. Is I don't get a chance to 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 do a lot of creation with the content. You know, just being kind of in charge of the of the whole department for the for the group is you know more um, big picture stuff. But um, you know, every now and then, I I I, I love to to try to get involved and in, and you know do what I can because it is it is it is still passionate for me I still love photography uh, I don't think I'm good at it uh, I still love you know kind of 
directing and kind of trying to get some ideas but I don't think I'm good at it either but I still love it so um yeah. uh it, and and being around motorcycles is I love motorcycle riding too so it's it's just you get that cool factor right there right yes. any content with motorcycles is cool content so yeah maybe your first uh feature film could be like a, a motorbike based movie maybe you could involve the motorbike yeah you know i mean like when we when we do some content like obviously the goal uh you know like last year for example i wanted to do a, a shot of uh um, you know the cover like the iconic shot of akira where he's like walking in the snow and the red bike mm-hmm. um like we were going to try to recreate that um we we're going to try to recreate some drive some like kind oh. of like the iconic drive scene so I, we always want to do stuff like that um it just usually comes down to the time how much time you're going to spend to it for how much return it's going to be like a business thing right you got to yeah, balance yeah. it out but if it was if we just had all the time and all the finances then yeah absolutely i would do every every kind of scene and every piece of our content would be some kind of like uh mirroring some of the some of like my more favorite favorite films for sure oh that would be interesting yeah you can have lots of fun just um taking inspiration from some of your favorites and trying to uh you know create something new but from from your favorite films that's pretty cool that's pretty yeah Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I don't know if I told you, but I met Kieran as the uh, in in the, this Facebook group called the Film Buffs. Oh, so it's, it's very nice. I think you told me. Yeah, I think you told me. That's that's really yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. That's group too. Film Buffs. Film Buffs has been around for uh, years. I can't know. I don't. I can't remember how many years. But we've been. It started off with uh, my friend John. Um, there was like eight of us or something, uh, and we—I think he just created a group so we could talk about movies and films, like just between uh, like a couple of us friends. And uh, in the beginning days, it, it, we just—it would be like ninety percent joking around and ten percent films. Like <laughs> we would just talk a bunch of trash, talk each other. You Remind know, you anything, Dane? what? Remind you of anything, Dane? <laughs> <laughs> Probably similar to every like WhatsApp group between friends, right, or something like that. Um, and then we started kind of growing, and we got a couple of really, really like uh, serious people that were really into films. And the group kind of just started growing, and we always wanted to keep it kind of small. So for quite a few years, like it was just small. Um, just, just we we wanted not to have anything. Like there's so many Facebook groups that are so like toxic almost. Like someone gives an a, an opinion and people just like attack them. Yeah. Like it's just nonsense, really. Um, yeah. Which I guess it's understandable. Whenever you're passionate about something and somebody has the opposite opinion, your reaction's like, what? Like how do you not feel? Like I'm so passionate about this film. It was whether it's life changing or whether it's like you know something about i can relate to it you know and then so your natural reaction is so that's understandable but we just kind of wanted to be more of like a uh an open 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 kind of group that's like um a good community as opposed to like just trying to get so many members or something like that so we always kept it very small to try to keep that um uh type of really good feeling right and where if somebody would have a strong opinion 
it would be met with, you know, well, why would you feel that way instead of like, how dare you feel that way or something like that. Right. And I think that for young aspiring film fans or people studying um, films, like when you come across those art discussions, like that's, that's of course, um, you know, there's just so many overlapping genres within the war genre, which is pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then of course, like the, the, um, the fantasies, the epic Star Wars, etc., are technically, in a way, a war film. So right. there's, just, there's just so many movies you could even point to that could fit into this genre. So I, I, I found it quite interesting researching, like, what would be uh, my favorite, top three favorite list in this genre. So okay. really interesting to hear for you guys what you guys think yes. are the best films of all time in this genre. Uh, let's start with our with our guest, Kieran. What do you, think, what do you say are your top three favorite war films of all time? Yeah, this is a hard one because, like I said earlier, lists and me are, are I, I have such a hard time making lists because um, they change every day pretty much. <laughs> I've never been good. That's why I don't have like Letterbox or any of these discussions. I'm usually useless because uh, I'm like always on the fence, which no one likes a guy that's on the fence, right? Um, but yeah, no, I, I kind of agree with what, what, what you're saying, Dane. There's so many different. Uh, types of war films so like i separate it to like war films and then films around war right because yeah like for me like schindler's list life is beautiful son of saul uh lawrence of arabia Mm-hmm. Spartacus, like those, like those are, like those are just great, solid films, and that could be in my top three or five or ten. But I kind of feel those are around war. Does that makes sense, and not a war film. I don't know. Does that yeah. with that, or is that? I see what you mean. Yeah, like they're sec, they're secondary genres. Like the genre first is maybe drama, maybe something else fits into it a little bit more but the setting is in a wartime right but that's not the main focus the setting and conflict are two different things in this in this case basically yeah i see yeah Yeah. so just just war films um i think my my top film would probably be uh number one would be das boot i think that's uh wow that's a good one for me because I think when I first saw it, I was young and um, I've always been like very paranoid of like underwater uh, and not so much claustrophobia, but like uh, just being underwater has always kind of just been a, 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 a panic for me. So having a film and the majority of that film, they're in that submarine. Um, and uh, I think when I saw it when I was young and then that scene where they're just like kind of they're on the bottom there and they're trying to like get up to the top like that like as a young like a young kid i was always just like oh god that's like my worst nightmare right there (laughs) (laughs) so that kind of had a good like a really lasting impression on me um i also like that it's it's almost of a documentary type film as opposed to like a a movie It, it feels more like a documentary and i liked that it didn't go into all like the sailors lives although i don't mind films that do that like they give the backstories and this it's just literally about like the the mission that they're on and that's the whole film 
pretty much. Mm. Like it's very little, you know, there's no flashbacks, there's no flash forwards. It's just kind of like in the moment. Um, so like all of those elements kind of was really interesting. And, and there's not so many films, at least that I've seen that are from the German perspective that you're not like, just these guys are terrible people. Um, you know, you, 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 you kind of feel for them at some time. Um, but you're, you don't love them either. You know, they don't, they didn't try to get you know, like, they didn't try to peel your emotions. It was just kind of like, here's a story and you're just kind of along for the ride. A neutral perspective on both sides. Yeah. So I that was that's probably my top my top uh, top war movie. Nice. I still need to see Despy, but I've heard so much about it, and also that it's almost like a five-hour film, right? Wow. It's, it's <laughs> well, five hours. <laughs> it's very long. There's two cuts. I think the two first cuts. one. I think the first one that they did was the one that I the first one I saw. It was. Um, yeah, it's probably, well, it's probably like two hours, two and a half. I, I got to look back at the runtime, but it's not that it's, it's a long film, but it's not that long. And then they did another, they released another cut years later. And I think it, that one's quite long. I don't know if I've ever seen that one, um, which I probably should, but I I've seen the, the original one quite a few times. Yeah. Very interesting. That was directed. So that was directed by, Oh, Wolfgang Peterson. Okay. Wolfgang. Yeah. He also did um, Troy. Oh, okay. Wow. He's he's been making movies for quite some time. Never-ending story. Forty one. That's true. Never-ending story. I love I love that movie. <laughs> wow. Everyone loves that movie. So <laughs> <laughs> nostalgic. Yeah. yeah. The only the only the only and then the one critique I would have about it, and I didn't pick this up at the time when I first watched it. I was young, but as I kind of watch it more and more, there is some like anti-nazi like rhetoric but uh dialogue between like some of the captains and the sailors and things like that and i i wonder like if they put that in there just for us audiences so we don't go into the film like these guys are like hating them right off the bat right because they're nazis so you 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 start the film off with Nazis. You're like, yep, those guys are assholes. Like that's just straight up what you're gonna say at the beginning of any film that has Nazis in it. So I wonder if they put that in there for because they're like, we're gonna spend two hours or three hours watching these guys. We need to like not. We need to make the audience not hate them right off the like. Right. We need to kind of them to stick through this journey. Um, and no one wants to watch three hours of somebody you just hate. So I, I, my, my, my only critique was like, I wonder if they did that just for, for us as an audience, or is it really needed? Um, so that would be my only kind of critique aside from that. Like, it's just a solid, solid film. And it's based on a real story, I believe, right? Or is yeah, it so. mostly... Or is it mostly fictional? I'm trying to... Well, I think it was... I knew more about it. I'm sorry. <laughs> if I remember correctly, it, it was, it was like, loosely based on on some accounts of... I don't know if it's, like, one guy's story or if they kind of piecemealed a, a couple of uh, stories together. Um, not, I'm not 100% sure, actually. Mm, yeah. yeah, I'm interested. I've heard so much about it, so it's like I feel bad I don't have much to to respond to other than just like my curiosity. Like I've, I've heard a lot about it. So it's like another one that I just need to put on my list and, and get to during these days. Cause I have the time now. So <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. 
wow, number one. Yeah. That's that's definitely enough to get me to, to put this on my list. So I appreciate the recommendation. That's, that's great. But like I said, tomorrow it could have been number two. Num- number two for me is always going to be Dr. Strangelove. Mm. I think that's just a... Stanley Kubrick. Yeah, Stanley Kubrick, um, who I'm not... I don't think he's the greatest director of all time. I'm not one of, I'm like not a huge Kubrick fanboy. I think he's amazing, but I'm not like one of those type of guys who just everything he does is 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 perfect, but that film is is perfect. The time it came out, the the satire in a way, um but yet it's so so serious and 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 Lou and what we found out years later is it was possible all that stuff could have happened which is which is pretty scary um a red scare basically yeah like all of that with giving you know all that stuff that came out when 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 kennedy uh, i think i was reading something um kennedy found out some of his generals actually had some of his power to to make those calls so yeah that's a just a I don't know. I wouldn't have any kind of critiques about that in, in any way. I thought it was, it, and it was my sec, it was my second Kubrick from I ever saw too. Hmm. Wow. What was your first before that? I, I saw Spartacus. Oh wow, that's yeah. a pretty interesting introduction to Kubrick. Those two movies. <laughs> yeah. that's, pretty, that's pretty unique. <laughs> yeah. of Kubrick, yesterday one of his greatest films, The Shining, just turned forty yesterday. Wow. Forty years. That's insane. How could it be that old now? That's that is really scary. Hey, <laughs> time is time flies. I mean, I'm only twenty three, but still still it's flying <laughs> yeah, you'll wake up tomorrow and you'll be 33 <laughs> um and then probably to finish the top three there uh this is tough because like i said i don't know i'm gonna go for something that's more commercial um that's more cheesy that's not so artsy i'm gonna go with lone survivor mm-hmm. the reason being is um just watching that movie and those guys like the way they bounce off like like they fall down like seems like i don't know if you've seen it but they fall down like a hundred cliffs it seems like um like their bodies are like rag dolls almost like bouncing around it's gritty it's it's it i just think it was a good action movie and i think some war films like they need to be they need to be good action movies. Like there's the serious ones that show you like the horrors of war. There's the, the historical, like we talked about, but this one was just a good action movie. I felt like I was, you know, I was entertained from, from start to finish. If you, if you, if that sounds terrible to be entertained by a war film, but, <laughs> but it was just a good, it was a good action film. I thought the, the actors in there, like I, uh, I think Mark Wahlberg, um, he's just he's just getting better and better it seems like well i think he i don't think he chooses always the good roles but some of his other films like patriot's day and some of the uh is that patriot's day or that one with the bombing i think it's patriot's day um i think he just i think he's getting better as an actor like jamie fox i feel I, same opinion i didn't like jamie fox in some of his earlier films i thought he was a good comedian great singer but i didn't feel he had a good he was a good actor and now i think he's phenomenal so i yeah. think mark Wahlberg coming along and then that other guy uh uh can't remember his name kitsch uh taylor yeah i think he he acted really good as well and he is another one i think i can't remember the first film i saw like it was a space like in a, a disney carter 
John, was that terrible bombing film? It was called Carter. Anyways, it was, it was horrible. It was a Disney film. It was just terrible. Um, and he was in it. And then now, like, and also he was in True Detective, which I thought he did a great job. So I think he's getting better as well. And then the action, like I said, I just, I, I enjoyed it. But again, tomorrow it could be 10th on the list. But as of today, I, I think it's just a good, and I wanted to put something in there that wasn't so uh, like the others. So yeah, that would probably be my third for today. Nice. So all three of them, I haven't seen like fully all three of them. So that's really interesting. Like I've seen parts of each of one, I think, at least like seen, but I haven't actually watched in completion. So that's, that's really interesting. Okay. Really new for me, those three movies. So that's what I, that's what I like. I like to be introduced to new stuff. So that's awesome. <laughs> right. You guys, what's, what's your top three? You go first, Damon. Okay, one one to three, or should I go? Th- yeah, I'll go one to three. Sure. Number one, so I've got Apocalypse Now. Um, just a movie that uh, I, when I first saw it, I was just it, it was just it just felt like you were in the war, but at the same time, it's very dreamlike. It's very like hallucinatory. Um, the whole the whole aspect of like hunting down like a former. Marlon Brando's character he's like a former captain of the US Army that's gone rogue and it's just like the whole, the whole mystery leading up to actually finding him at the very end is just I find to be like so intense and just so just keeps you on the edge of your seat the whole time even though it's a three hour movie well two and a half hour movie and I mean like it's inspired so many other films since just mm-hmm. the, the classic like red sunset shots with the helicopters and it really it really just like taps into just the horrors of war and just mm-hmm. how like it brings out some of the worst in people and and um there's really no there was nothing really gained from this particular war yeah. and um you know Marlon Brando's character one of the most iconic in film I think just like how he is just this big hulking guy with the shaved head and he you just you hear about him the whole movie and you don't know what he'll be like and then you see him and he's just like this torn and damaged person and the um martin sheen's final um encounter with him set to you know the doors uh, the end it's just it's just a cinematic experience i'll never forget <laughs> just uh one of those movies that's definitely life-changing i think first watch and you you just i don't know it just blows you away um, Francis Ford yeah. Coppola, I think one of his best. Yeah, yeah. Have Absolutely. you guys seen seen Apocalypse Now? Uh, some parts of it. Yeah. But one quote that I remember from the film is the "I love the smell of napalm in the morning." Isn't That's that a the classic one? quote. Yeah. Yeah. Very classic. I think I've seen it probably now three times. Um, oh. uh, yeah. Just just a just a really really good solid film absolutely the horrors of that war um where you know the rights and wrongs were so like muddled right with so many different missions in vietnam um you know and then obviously the question of should they even been there so there's so much and then to be able to kind of display that on screen just it was just it was you yeah you, you felt all of that right you could he just did a great job in portraying that on screen the script um what i feel is interesting about apocalypse now is like yes it's a war film but then at times like you're going on a just a completely different journey where it's not um sheen's character's 
it's almost like I don't know how to explain it, but he's kind of like going down a like a he's fighting himself mental yeah. journey there where and it doesn't feel like it has to it could almost not be a war film. Yeah. Yeah. His his journey is like so separate, and they yeah. they go together, and he's 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 finding all of that about himself. Is it a war film? Yes. Is it a almost a coming of age, mm-hmm. to, like discovering yourself film? Yes. Is it a like find the creepy bald dude film? <laughs> like yes. Like it, it's just so much into one. So there, it, it, that's like what you call like a layered film. Yeah. So you could watch it yeah. two or three times and you kind of get different things each time. And that's, that's amazing that a, that a director can do that, right? Layer those films. Cause that's what the rewatches mm-hmm. are. So, and like you're watching a new film and I love that. Totally. I think I've only seen it once, but I kind of watched like the last half again. Cause I really loved okay. the last half. So I've seen it like 1.5 times. One and a half. <laughs> and, and, um, I watched like the redo, so that was like the the longer version. Like I think it's slightly longer. There's kind of a section that's kind of feels a bit pointless. I mean, it's it's interesting. It's I think they when they meet the the French um, this French family that's living in Vietnam, and they they basically just talk in a house for about forty five minutes. It's a pretty long section of the movie, but yeah, um, I think that was an interesting aspect of the movie. But I would like to see the previous version. Um, the non-redo whatever that would be yeah the the theater theater cut or whatever it is yeah yeah just to see if that changes like the the pace and the feeling but i i did love the redo and that's the first one i watched the Mm. first edition and i just love everything about it just the cinematography the the color the feeling like you just you just felt the the movie you just you just really got the sense of what it was like but in obviously an exaggerated kind of like artistic way that's just um, yeah very personal to martin sheen of course and also just um it's, it's very realistic but it's very like i said like it's it feels like it's hallucinatory too like it just feels like you don't know if what you're seeing is real or not it's just so like overwhelming the visuals right so yeah um I, I saw a, uh, I don't know if it was like a Reddit thread or a comment or a, a somewhere, a couple, I don't know how long ago, where a guy made the argument for a remake, which he started off by saying this is very controversial. <laughs> um, so he, he just threw that out right away. He's like, uh, don't hate me. But if there was to be a remake, Dennis Villeneuve, and I guess he had saw um, Enemy, Yes, love that movie. Yeah, and he was saying with this enemy into Apocalypse Now, kind of you get the same vibes. This and he and I don't know. I, I can't remember all the points that he brought up, but I remember reading this. Be like, you know what? With all those remakes they're doing in Hollywood and all the just the garbage that they're putting out, again, this this is not a good idea. But if they had to tear apart one movie because they just have to do that apparently i i would be curious i wouldn't hate the idea no not if it's denis villeneuve he's he's one of the best so i would trust him i would trust him more than anyone like that's that's a pretty good that's a 
pretty good idea for for a redo like or not redo a, a remake or like a, a sequel or whatever. Uh, yeah an adaptation or whatever adaptation. you want to call it if you yeah. had to do one that yeah. would be right you know i could get behind that like I w- i'm not down for most remakes but if it's if it's someone as talented as him in charge like i honestly i i wouldn't be worried about it i would i would actually be quite interested to see what happens if you have someone like that yeah and you can kind of see the similarities too between him and and, and coppola right like they're they they're especially with apocalypse now you can kind of you can feel like they're in the same in the same vein right they're they're kind of yeah so it was just an interesting i just want to throw that out there <laughs> that's really interesting actually i can see that i can definitely see that um and so for number two i have and this list, like I said, like, same with you, uh, Kieran, like, it, ever-changing. Like, you just, day by day, it could change. But right now I have number two, uh, The Pianist. Um, that is, yeah, um, Adrian Brody, the, the main actor of that. Yeah. Uh, Rowan Polanski's film, 2002. Yeah, it's another, like, like most war movies, it's another long movie, two and a half hours. It's kind of like, it seems like that's kind of the average for most war movies, like, that are, like, the classic best ofs. Two and a half minimum, but you you need that scope. You need like a, a proper digestion of a war film, I think. But mm. um, oh shoot, my camera's dying. Sorry about that, or my phone's dying. Um, the pianist, I just it's one of the first films that I was introduced to by my parents. That's like a very heavy, serious topic. Quite young, like you know, teenager, thirteen, fourteen, and mm. um, it is it is a very difficult movie to to watch at a young age but i think it's a movie that you should watch like it's it's something every young person should know about and be introduced to and um not not like shy away from just the the seriousness of world war ii and the um just the tragedy it was right so yeah it's just a beautiful movie and yeah there's few movies with an ending that's so just chilling right like the ending of the pianist is just beautiful and so sad uh, being the, the character arc for adrian brody and um yeah it's 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 a special movie it's definitely special like it's one of those movies i think like i'll probably introduce to my child my future children one day and like building um, yeah yeah exactly yeah it's, um, i need to watch it again it's been a few years but i want to revisit it it is such a heavy movie so you don't want to watch it like all the time because it is so sad but like definitely you have to revisit it every few years just to kind of remind yourself of the of the experience because it was so um impactful yeah um, yeah mm. adrian brody's he's 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 underrated for Absolutely. sure yeah. i feel he doesn't get enough props for uh for 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 his acting i mean whether it's i i i think he can only act maybe in in a certain types of films maybe he doesn't have the range of some other actors um but when he's in that type of role oh yeah he's solid you know it's he's the kind of guys that like make you forget that who he is as an actor there's certain actors that are good but you always know it's them right yeah. whether it's uh, for me like no matter what Christian Bale acts in, like he's Christian Bale, he's acting as yeah. Christian Bale, right? And I know, I, like a lot of people love him in a bunch of films, but I can never, I can never really see the character that right. he's in. Like I always just see him playing the character. Mm-hmm. But guys like Adrian Brody, like, yeah, you don't see him. 
it's just you, he's that character like he just takes on and, and and he doesn't have to have the makeup or the cosmetics um you know like in the pianist he's just I don't know, you know there's no added to his face it's just him mm. and you just feel like you're watching that character um his life and stuff and so yeah he's phenomenal yeah I, I totally agree with you there's something about him he just he just yeah it's incredibly believable like you look at him and his emotion in the movie and just his yeah. presence and it's just like yeah that's that's not an actor that's that's character that's yeah really and um yeah just it's it's just one of those movies like the family life and then how that's torn apart by the war and just this looming darkness that just was approaching them and you know yeah really just it's it's a life-changing movie again and i think that's the kind of movie that typically i'd put high on my list just a movie that even though it's it's scarring and it's it's really sad like you have to appreciate movies that make you feel some things right that's yeah that's high along with apocalypse now and um number three for today i have um the film 71 the um the irish film came out i believe i'm sorry i should have this information already but i think it came out 2014 it's a fairly like low budget film sorry it's british it's british but it's Mm. set in ireland um yeah, it wasn't a very big budget, but it's, it tells the story of the, the troubles in Northern Ireland. Um, I think it's set in Belfast. And it's it's a, just a really intense movie. Um, historical historical thriller film, I guess. It gets, it gets classified more as a historical thriller, even though to me that's basically the same as a war film in some ways. It is a war. Like, the setting is the war and everything. Um, the, the troubles between... Northern Ireland and um, well, the the Republic of Ireland and the Northern Irish under British occupation, um, and it just tells the story of so it's a British soldier that I think ends up in a very um, republic. So like he he's part of the the British army, but I think he's from England, which makes sense. But he's in Northern Ireland. And uh, he ends up in a neighborhood that is, like, obviously not part of the British occupation. So it's the under, like, the Irish Republican Army's control. So it's under the IRA's control. So he's in enemy territory, to put it simply. And um, he's alone, and he gets cut off from the rest of his, um, I guess, group. And it's just about his, like... It's just about this, like, one night of him just trying to escape this really bad situation of, like, everyone in this community would want to kill him. But there's <laughs> some people that try to help him and, and kind of, like, bring him into their apartment and try to help him. And he's, like, injured and everything. So basically, he's just on the run for, like, one night. And the, the whole film just takes place in one day. And it's just this sort of... Um, you're just watching this character try to escape this situation that just seems like there's no good no good things that will come from it but hmm. it's just a very thrilling film highly recommend it yeah i'm gonna put that on my list that sounds yeah. pretty good it's, it's really good great acting um i don't really i think a few of the actors they're like they're bigger now than at the time but most of them are just you know smaller british irish actors um directed by I don't even know who this is, but the director is Jan 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 Demang. He's a French Algerian director. 
I haven't actually seen any of his other movies. I wish I knew more about him. But this was his debut, actually. This was his debut film. Ah, okay. So, more from him, but it was excellent, excellent film. Okay, I will definitely check this out. Yeah, I, I highly recommend it. It's really, it's really something. Have you heard of, uh, seen any of the films with Jack O'Connell, the lead actor? Oh yeah, Jack O'Connell, that's him. Um, I haven't seen any of his other stuff, honestly. Uh, Jack uh, O'Connell. One of his films I watched, I remember, is Unbroken. You guys watched that or heard of it? Oh, Broken. That was, um, what's her name directed it? Uh, Angelina Jolie. Yeah, Angelina Jolie, yeah, no, I haven't seen that one. It's in it's a really great film, like very beautifully shot and very like emotional from start to finish. <laughs> uh, the basic synopsis is based on a true story about uh, this an Olympic athlete who goes to participate in World War II, and he's eventually captured by the Japanese and put in a POW camp where he tries to struggle, tries to keep it together, keep his sanity together after spending like months inside that prison tortured by the Japanese real Japan interesting wow great story yeah, he's, a, he's a good actor he was really good in this he was really quite young in this movie um, I mean that was only six years ago but he would have only been like maybe 24 at the time 23 yeah he would have only been like 23 24 and 71 so it's a really great performance okay. so I'm, I'm interested to see more of his movies yeah definitely put that on the list yeah, I really highly recommend it. It's really cool. Really, well, it's not cool, but it's really just a thrilling movie to just. Right. It's it's just a great piece of cinema. Just keeps you just your heart pounding, your adrenaline pumping, and it's also a really good historical tale. So it tells a good story about the hmm. war. And yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yes, well, thank you guys for listening to me <laughs> a little bit too long. No, it's good. It was no, good. You can, you can tell you, you can tell you like that film. That was good. <laughs> it's it's really good. Yeah. You sold us on it. I think we both put it on the list. <laughs> Let me know what you guys think. I'm excited. Absolutely. So I guess so again, like you guys, my list will change over time because new films every week. So here we go. For me, my number three favorite war film has to be Inglorious Bastards by Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. By the way, that was my my first introduction to Tarantino, by the way. The first film I ever saw with him. Nice. Yeah. It's, and, it's such... and how many films now have you seen by him? All of them. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Glorious Bastards, like, it's, I love it. I, I think out of all the war films I've seen, this is probably the most lighthearted. Like, it's a real, a very funny movie like, in the darkest way possible. I love black comedy, so this film is definitely for me. Mm -hmm. uh, have you guys watched it? Yep. I've seen Glorious Bastards, yeah, but I haven't watched it in a while, so I want to revisit it. 
to me, the real MVP of this film will have to be Christoph Waltz as the <clears throat> Nazi general Hans Landa. Mm-hmm. This guy is scary. Like he unnerved me in the first time I saw him. That that opening scene where he's where they're hiding the Jews under the basement, and he acts as if he doesn't know what's going on. And then, like, that scene was intense from start to finish. Like, so well done. I think that, I think that, that role was, that was, like, his first big break, I think, for Christoph Waltz. I think that's, that's what got him into the spotlight, for sure. And he went on to do a bunch of other big roles after that. Great, yeah. Yeah. I think that was yeah. a good, good break for him. He's, he's, like, one of the best, I think. Just, there's something about him you just, I don't know. He's so funny, but he's so... You can take him very seriously at the same time, but he, he's just obviously, like, a very funny guy. Real life as well, like, his late-night appearances or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, um... And there's just so many memorable, memorable scenes in Glorious Bastards. Mm. Like, it's just... It's just such a unique movie. There's nothing else like it, I don't think. Mm. Um, like, any Quentin Tarantino movie, there's just literally nothing that you can really compare it to. It's original. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'm not a Tarantino fan whatsoever. Uh, I that's a whole different topic. I think he's just insanely overrated. And once you've seen one movie, you've seen them all. Uh, and he's a one-trick pony. But when he does the one trick well, it, it's it's very good. And yeah, Inglorious Bastards was 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 one of his good films. Um, I enjoyed. It. I saw it in the theater. Um, and I saw it a couple times after. It's it's a good film. Yeah, it's funny. It's great, great acting. Um, yeah, it's well done, very well done. And this is the film that won Christoph Waltz also his first Oscar for best yeah. actor. I like. I don't know where to begin with this film. Like, it, like the, the characters are all very like very colorful and memorable. And it has a, gr- a great a great cast too, like from Brad Pitt, mm-hmm. uh, Christoph Waltz, of course, and what's uh, the, the fr- Melanie Laurent who plays the right. Jewish girl Shoshana. Yeah, yeah, she's great. She's really good. Yeah. Um, also, what's uh, the bear? Eli Roth. Ah, uh, yeah. Is 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 he the bear? Yeah, I think he's the bear. Yes, yeah. Is that what they call him? Yeah, the bear Jew. The, the Jew, yeah, yeah. Eli Roth is is great in this one too. Um, I can't remember. Yeah, everybody's good. Everybody's good in that one. Oh, and Michael Fassbender too was in that one. Yeah. It's quite. Oh, that's right. Yes, yeah. We're at the bar and they're pointing the guns at each other's balls. Yeah, yeah. Does Tarantino do a cameo in this? In 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 that? Uh, he does. Yeah, but it's it's hardly noticeable. He's one of the Nazis that gets scalped at the beginning. So. Oh, I don't remember. Interesting. Huh. Yeah, it's just yeah. like a crazy cast. You've got like Mike Myers. And in a role, it's just like yeah, B.J. Novak's in it. Right. It's unbelievable, actually, when you think about it. Like all of his movies, you just have like just a cast that just keeps surprising you as the movie goes. Like, whoa, this this person's in it too. This person, Harvey right. Keitel. Well, it's just as one of the voices, Samuel Jackson as one of the voices. Well, he's the narrator, right? But it's just like it's just you just feel like the star power in um, *Inglorious Bastards*. It's just like. Everyone's good, man. Everyone's good. 
And I think it, it technically does qualify as a war film because it, to me personally, Inglorious, yeah, it's in World War II, but personally, to me, Inglorious Bastards is more like a, you know an espionage, a, a spy film in a way because you know, they're trying to destroy the enemy from the inside rather than use like brawn or guns. Mm-hmm. Or, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of reminds me of uh, I don't know if you've seen Dirty Dozen. Parts of it, some parts. Okay. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's there's not so many similarities, but you know, Dirty Dozen, where they're trying to same thing, spy espionage. They have a group of group of guys, and it's also Dirty Dozen's also pretty funny too. So, um, which I used to love Dirty Dozen when I was younger. So yeah, watch it. when Inglorious Bastards was coming out. I was I was excited to watch it because I, I I you know I love Dirty Dozen. And I was like, oh, there's gonna be there's gonna be humor. It's gonna be it's gonna be crazy. There's gonna be actions and it's gonna be great acting. So yeah. It, it was, it was good. Definitely lived up to, to my hype for sure. Nice. That's another one for the listener. I'm gonna write that down right now. <laughs> dirty dozen. There we go. That's a dirty dozen. Put a log this is great and Inglorious Bastards in fact it was so great it says something that for the longest time it was Inglorious Bastards and not Pulp Fiction my favorite Tarantino movie Mm. it is that great wow yeah it is it is great that's I mean like that influenced all of his well well, it didn't influence his other movies, but there, there's like Easter eggs from that movie, obviously, and mm-hmm. once a time in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. It's, it's interesting to see how he, um, yeah, he creates like his own little universe that, I don't know, it's interesting. True. And uh, also it has like, um, it has some influences from Kill Bill, I noticed, with the whole revenge story. Right. Mm-hmm. Love, love revenge stories, by the way, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I think he's definitely trying, as he kind of goes on, he's trying to add in more of those Easter eggs, and he's trying to kind of create his universe, because that's what a lot of fans have been talking about. Um, So I think that we'll see more and more, and as his films goes on, you just see more and more of that. Um, So yeah, but I think Inglourious Bastards was, was one of his more... I guess the ones that we started to see it more with the Easter eggs, in my opinion, maybe the intentional Easter eggs, so to speak. I think the ones, maybe a couple of films before that, maybe it was, there were some unintentional ones and we had to kind of really mm-hmm. do the pieces of the puzzle to really try to make it connect. Um, so yeah, it was an interesting one. You can kind of start seeing him now starting from Inglorious Bastards now to really start adding that continuity in, 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 in his films and yeah, creating that universe, his own universe, which is, which is so cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think whatever happens with his last movie, like he's, he's going to be on his number, number 10, right? Yeah. Last one coming up. So I, I expect him to kind of do a little bit of, you know, everything. Like, if it is indeed, if it, if he does stick to ten, yeah, you don't know that for sure, right? You don't. Uh, I would be surprised if he if he does a few more, like at least yeah. like he produces something else or writes for something else. Writes for something else, yeah. Yeah, I think we'll see what happens. We'll see. What I happens. I think I think that's his strongest point is his writing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. personally, but um, yeah, yeah. I, I could see him going past ten. Yeah, yeah, I have a feeling too. I think it's inevitable. He's still young. He's still young. 
the money. <laughs> it's all about the money sometimes. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> A lot of money involved in Hollywood, so mm-hmm. it'd, be, it'd be hard to hang it up after a while. <laughs> For sure. For sure. Yeah, yeah that's a good. So, th- so that was your number three, or was that your number one? Uh, my number three. Oh, number three. Okay, you're working up. All right. Going to my number two would have to be 1917. Oh, that could have uh, been on mine. Great. Okay. I loved it. In fact, it, that was the last film I saw in the theaters before the whole pandemic thing happened. So, yeah. Oh, I watched oh, it. Was it? Yeah. It was so great. I watched it twice. First with my brother and then with my mom. The second time on IMAX and oh god, it was on IMAX it was even much better. Like you could it actually takes you in the film as if you're as if you're really like struggling with the characters. <clears throat> like all all is happening. Like you're in the movie, not just watching it. It was really great. Yeah. And the you watched it uh nineteen seventeen, um Kieran, you watched 1917? Yeah. Um, yeah, I saw it twice. Um, once once, to, once there and then, uh, in the big screen, then once at home. Um, yeah, it's a good, a good, good solid film. I don't, I don't want to, to take anything away from that for sure. I felt that it was a, how do you, I guess, a victim of its own genius where the one camera shot uh, that I felt that took away from the film. And I, as I was watching it, I kind of felt like at first I was there. Like you said, I felt like you're there, you're living it. You're, you're right behind the soldiers. You're in the fields. You're going through after a little while though, as like, I feel now I'm being tricked like a, a gimmick in a way. Um, so, I I loved it, but then I loved the first half, ten out of ten, and then it got to a point with the farmhouse, um, and then uh, the the scene at night was really strong for me too. But then parts of the farmhouse, and after that, and, and then after that, it, it just dropped to like a six out of ten if I had to rate it. So it was a really night and day type film. Like I, I just sometimes I just I so loved it, and then at other times I'm like, we didn't need this continual shot it took me personally away from it. But again, so it was like, it was like a love and hate film love. And then not hate, just, yeah. Okay. So yeah. But the parts I loved so good. So, so good. Yeah. Really strong. I think that was also the last one I saw in theaters too, before the pandemic. I'm thinking about it now. Yeah. And I, I didn't see it in IMAX. So I just saw it in regular, in a regular theater. But it was, it was really impressive. Just the, um, I don't know. It was just, it felt so like you were just there with the main character, like you were his partner or something, like walking around in, in the battlefield. Like I don't know. You just, but at the same time, you put himself, you put yourself in his shoes. But at the same time not fully but just it was just so sad like some of the scenes of like just how they start off just as kids right like they're just like mm-hmm. these very naive innocent-minded kids that were forced into this war and you know they tried to help the the um crashed bomber pilot mm-hmm. and i don't want to spoil too much but 
I guess I'll just say it, but you can censor this if you need to, but how he, he stabs the, the friend of his um, after basically, like, saving his life, right? And it's just one of those things that's just like, geez, like, that's just, it's just heartbreaking to see mm-hmm. that character die just in that way. Like, just trying to help someone else out that was injured and just, it's just shocking. Like, the shocking nature of war is, yeah. yeah. That's another thing I didn't even re- I realized in 1917. Like it's basic. One of the themes is basically the death of innocence because the mm-hmm. these young men started out as you know very naive and idealistic, but after I think after that scene you mentioned, that's when the like the ch- the child dies and the man becomes born basically, and yeah. they become adjusted to the harsh realities of the war. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and also I I didn't mention to this guys, but uh, the one take, not just in 1917, but in general, is my favorite like camera movement in all in film because I think personally to me I think it it helps give the scene more more focus, like as if you are you are the camera, like it's all from your point of view, as if you're as if you're actually following the characters into this film, not just doing it from behind the camera. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah, I love I love one takes too. Um, yeah, absolutely. For that exact reason, you feel like you're there. You feel you just feel more invested in a film, which is why you, which is in order to love a film, you got to be invested in it. So yeah, it's... Yeah, that that to me that the shot in one the, my favorite part in one seventeen in, in the nineteen seventeen is is them first going over the trenches because they're young they don't know what to expect right and um, it's almost like the most dangerous part in there it, like it, it, if you if you try to put yourself in that scenario because what you don't know that's the scariest. Once you've been through it, then you know what to expect. But if you don't know what's out there and you don't know, like, then your mind can just, it's the worst. It's the absolute worst. So when they first get over there and that whole scene of them kind of getting, climbing over, kind of going through all the, there's that big crater, that big hole kind of thing. And they're kind of going around it, going through up, leading up to the farmhouse. Like, that's just like that's what I said. I was ten out of ten. You, it's you can't get any better than that in in cinema. Like that is that is the ultimate. Um, like you're there. The the, the color, the the characters are like you don't know anything about them, but you still they're relatable. Like there's no flashbacks either. So you do, you don't know. But I, I like them already. Like I, I I'm invested in them. I'm invested in this whole thing, and I don't know anything about them. But yeah, just perfect perfect that that's my favorite part for sure yeah. and it's not even yeah. there's no explosions there's no like crazy colors there's no there's yeah. no there's nothing it's just simple yeah to be it's just more it's, it's less is more yeah like it, the colors are very muted in it like mm. it's very like the yeah like i'm looking at some of the scenes again and it's just there's something about it like the color just looks dull but it is is how you f- probably would feel in a war. Like, like yeah. the colors wouldn't be popping out probably like in such a gray environment, especially. Mm-hmm. I guess it's the setting too, because it's like Northern Europe in, I don't know what time of the year, probably spring or something. Yeah. But it's just, there's just the choices they made with the color too. They didn't, 
they didn't um yeah like you said try to add anything it feels like, natural yeah very natural yeah yeah yeah, right. yeah great film, Good film. Mm-hmm. and uh for m- my number one pick it would have to be dunkirk oh christopher nolan definitely yeah to me his best film yet since uh, the dark knight like i that one i watched it with my dad in imax which again was a really fascinating experience for me too and what I really love about Dunkirk is the fact that it feels well unique, like something you've never seen before in other war films. It's not is that the most war films that we've seen before were more like uh, just trying to like fight the trying to kill the enemy, trying to fight, like w- win. But Dunkirk, it's not about winning. It's more about trying to survive, trying to escape the enemy rather than beat them. And like, it makes sense because they were outnumbered. Like it's more live today and you fight tomorrow. Basically, that's the message of the film. So that's why I found it. That why it really stood out to me to other war films. Your thoughts, guys? I agree with you completely. Yeah, and the like some of the best sound editing in any film for sure in Dunkirk I think it won awards for the sound editing just the sound yeah it's unbelievable like it, it, yeah I saw that in um, one of those sort of like I don't know what they call them are they like the 4D theaters or whatever with the moving chairs mm. I wasn't sitting in moving chairs but people in front of me were and it was just like really interesting to see how like much shaking there was in that movie just constantly I don't think I, I'm glad I didn't sit in those chairs it would have been wouldn't have been a nice experience (laughs) but yeah that that movie is just just Mm. there's so much atmosphere in that movie it's unbelievable definitely and and the soundtrack was superb by the way Hans Zimmer is basically Mm -hmm. this generation's John Williams love it yeah yeah amazing yeah yeah, he hasn't. He's 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 just top of his game, right there. Hans Zimmerman. Yeah, the sound was the best. Was yeah. was the best aspect I felt for Dunkirk. Um, Christopher Nolan's got a good uh, a good eye for or a good ear actually for when to use silence, when to use. Um, you know, different breaks or, you know, he, the, he, just the way he, he plays with the audio levels is, and we saw that in interstellar too, um, you know, with this, the silence and, 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 and sometimes that's the most impactful. So, uh, that's probably in my opinion, that's, that's some of his strongest, his strongest points as a director is, is, is knowing when to, to, to use that, use the sound and, and, and the levels of sound, uh, to really heighten the experience and to make you feel, you know, play with your emotions for sure. Yeah. Very good. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And also a good thing we're talking about this now because today is basically 80 years since the Dunkirk invasion happened. Hmm. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Dunkirk's an interesting one. I've... I I wasn't a, a fan of of it uh, like you guys. Um, 
but uh, I did appreciate I did appreciate the, the efforts and and I appreciated the film as, as like a you know from the filmmaking spy side of it as a as a fan as someone watching it you know I I I, I liked it I didn't love it but um, there was there were so many good technical aspects to it which is probably why it won some why it won the awards it did um, and at least get mentioned for for the awards it did because yeah it was really special um, and just and and the history the history is that's just a great story like it's so incredible that they were able to do that um and just save so many so many civilians and countless lives and soldiers lives is is just a great great story in history right yeah in such a dark time of like the world world wars were always just terrible so when you get those stories like that it's just it's just special it's great yeah yeah also, I, I, I appreciate the film's decision to not add much dialogue because it really helps to keep the suspense up even more. Mm-hmm. Like, like the whole nothing, the trope nothing is scarier because it's, it's more terrifying when, they're, when, it's too, when it's quiet, like there's no, mm-hmm. like no audio cues. It, it leaves you anticipating for what's coming next. Like that's the true fear in Dunkirk. It's more like knowing that the danger is there, but you just don't know when it's going to strike. So I think that's what really helped make Dunkirk. Well, right. Yeah. yeah. Because because they were just they were like helpless on a beach. There's no cover. There's nowhere to run to. Right. The soldiers. It was between the ocean and 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 bullets. <laughs> Pretty much, you're just stuck in the middle. At any time, you could be just be wiped out, and there and you would be helpless. Those soldiers on the beach. Right. So, yeah, absolutely trying to get that message across, that feeling to the audience. That's that was his whole goal. That was, that's if you can do that then your film's going to be successful. And I think that, you know, he was able to do that. He was able to show like the soldiers were like, imagine being stuck on a beach and there's nowhere to go and you're going to get shot or bombed or anything any minute. So yeah, that's, that, that's what he set out to do. And I think he did that. He did that quite, quite well. Great. Absolutely. That was, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Great colors in that movie too, like the the blue and green, and mm. like it just it looks so good. Like any any shot, screenshot looks really good, just beautifully, beautifully shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I feel like um, 1917 and Dunkirk. I don't know. They feel similar to me. Like, yeah, same here. I'm not saying they're like they're, they're totally different, totally different war and everything, right? But um, same feeling, same feeling for both of them that I got, and I I, I both I like both of them quite a bit. Yeah, some. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're both told from Britain's perspective, and a theme I found in both films, 1917 and Dunkirk, is basically the the theme that the message that time is the enemy because they have to like get they have must reach a certain point. They're ha- they have pre- a few precious hours before to really uh, make sure that they win this war. Like and so every counts basically, you know, with trying to deliver the message to the to the British and the other waiting for the allies to come. It's all about time. The time is the enemy is more a more emotional aspect, not a physical one. And that that's a great point. Because if you look at it from from the British or the French 
point of view in World War Two, like it, it, the, like your 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 countries are getting invaded. Uh, it was more real for the average population, so that type of feeling. Um, was different than, let's say, the Americans or Canadians. Uh, our feeling was like the saviors, like we're coming over here, we're risking our lives. Like we are, like the soldiers were risking their lives, but they were risking their lives. It wasn't their families' lives. It wasn't their their homes. Um, so it's not like either or was was you know what was more heroic or was better than the other. But you know, it's just a different type of feeling. So like the movies where you have. Um, Saving Private Ryan, for example, who that opening scene on 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 the beach is just it, it is just so amazing. Like that's also another piece of cinema, um, you know, a, a great piece in cinema. But it's a different type of feeling than let's say 1917 um, or Dunkirk. And exactly like you said, is because you know time is is your enemy if they don't have time. Whereas the Americans, Canadians, like that's not really a factor to us because we were just leaving, right? We were going over there to, to liberate. So um, again, to get those messages, to get that type of feeling onto the screen, I think as a director, like if you can do that, like that just shows talent and quality and, and that's amazing. Like it's just, that's what, that's what film is all about, right? Trying to get those emotions and those feelings. So I think 1917, Dunkirk, they absolutely felt different. They felt similar. I agree with you there from a Britain's point of view. Yeah. Um, but it definitely was different than some of the American uh, type, type war films for sure. Mm. World War II yeah. films. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. It brings me to another point. Like, I think personally, what I think makes a good war film, like appealing to audiences, isn't the like the epic shots or the the action or the gunfire, but I think it's more like the emotional impact it has on the audience. Like, the 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 themes. Like, it's not more. It's more meant more about. I don't know how to explain this. It's more like. it's more from that speaks to the heart, not just to the muscle, basically. Mm. Like it's more like mm, it's more about the message of hum- of humanity as a whole. You 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 guys know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen Paths of Glory? Mm, right. Good question. Have I seen? I know. I know. I keep saying. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Paths of Glory is a, a one that's it's it's pretty pretty interesting. I I know I said I'm not a Kubrick fan or I'm not his biggest fan. I am a fan. I'm not his biggest fan. I'm not a fanboy. I should say that. But uh, Paths of Glory is a, a a really good film directed by by Stanley Kubrick. Um, it kind of appeals. It, it's an anti anti war film, so to speak, where it kind of does appeal to that you know aspect like you're saying it appeals to your heart it's kind of more of a an eye opener um just i mean that that could be in my top three any day any day uh good good, solid film that's similar to what you're saying so if you haven't seen and that's the type of war films that you like you know that that appeal to you definitely give that one a go um it's black it's it's old so um I know your top three there, Nick, are, are all 
pretty new. Um, so this is going to be an old one. <laughs> so it's, I think it was made like in the fifties or something, but yeah, it's a good film. Um, it's got, it got a lot of, a lot of heart in it. Uh, it definitely shows the horrors and uh, of war and the, the downside, not the action, the cool action stuff. Um, you know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't glorify it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, I've never actually seen it, but 1957. So that would have been like one of his first films, I think. Yeah. Wow. I'm really interested to see that. That looks cool. Yeah. Like the black and white. That was so close to the, to the war. Like that was just 10 years later, basically 15 years later. I had no idea. Yeah. Made this movie. Thank you for yeah, and 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 Kirk, Kirk Douglas too. Kirk Douglas is just like so solid. Like what a what a what an actor um, yeah. in this film. Um, just and it's in the trenches too. Uh, so just just a good 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 solid film and, and yeah i mean a lot of people put this as and like a lot of kubrick fans will put this at the top of the list for sure um it's different it feels than some of his other roles like it doesn't have a humor aspect to it um i felt like kubrick always had like he throws in little little funny bits here or there like he's all there's always some types of humor in kubrick's films a lot of them anyways well and like in the midst of a serious thing right but this one doesn't i don't remember really so many parts where i was you know chuckled or um but yeah just real really plays to your heart really a, also it's <laughs> world war one sorry i thought it was world war two so world war one yeah okay wow he was 29 years old when he directed that that's Wow. wow really crazy that's crazy so young so young yeah, give, give that one a watch if that's the type of war films that you like definitely a solid solid film I'd say and like I said that could be in the, my top three any day nice he really made some pretty great war films like we got Passive Glory uh, Doctor Strangelove have you yeah. guys seen Full Metal Jacket yep Full Metal Jacket's another part of it yeah yeah that's a, that's a good film too. Yeah. yeah, Full Metal Jacket. Yeah, he's got some good ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Another yes. one. Another one uh, that's a different. Uh, another war film that I would put these on my films about war. But if you want to combine all of them, it would have it would easily go in my top three of his life is beautiful. Mm. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen that one. Um, I've heard of it, but I don't know if I've actually watched it fully. But I know I know the premise of it at least. Like, it's um, Italian. Yeah. Uh, so it's just a father, right? The father and his son going into the concentration camps. Um, just it's it's. I watched it. I don't know why I watched it so young. Because I don't think I should have been watching it when I was young. I, I don't know how old I must have been. Like ten. 11 so probably too young to be watching a film like that serious but at that time i was like super and i'm watching it again it's just even more impactful um oof, what a good what a good film but it's more i would put those films like a ground war like the pianist or schindler's yeah. list like i said like those are war films but about like not in war so to speak 
um, setting location. Setting location, yeah. Just another like civilian perspective. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Like a more civilian type yeah. within war. Um, really good, really good film. Definitely, that's a victims of war. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard a lot of good stuff about it. Yeah, just so good. More more films are just just heavy on the heart. I'll tell you what. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Tell a lot about humanity and have us um, think of ways to make the world better and more peaceful place. So really important movies for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Using conflict to stop conflict. That's how I describe it. Yeah. Which I don't want to, you know, I don't want to put down the, the action war films, um, especially as Americans, you know, they're very proud of, of what they've been able to save as far as with going into the wars to try to save the rest of the world. So there's obviously some pride to that and they're very, a very proud nation. Um, so I don't want to put down those types of films. Um, I'm not American, so, you know, but I, I definitely agree with you guys where I like the films that are more about the, uh, less about the action and more about the, uh, the other the bigger picture mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah for sure for sure and there's so many films that involve like war as a setting war as a I mean you like you look at Casablanca is a war movie and that's mm-hmm. it doesn't even show the war it's just about the lead up yeah. to the war and like there's so many interesting movies that because war tears people apart from their partners from family it's just like everyone's been affected in it in some way or another i think like whether it's us or our parents grandparents um the reason why you know a lot of us are in canada is from people fleeing war or, or wanting to leave a country that is close to a war or previously experienced war so i find it to be like i think everyone has some personal connection to it in their family or just themselves as an independent person so Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that to that point, like I, I know for a fact, my grandfather landed on the beaches there. Um, so when I went, when watching Saving Private Ryan for the first time, you know, seeing that was probably, you know, at that, that was like the first, I guess, I guess on the big screen, realistic type of, of, of view of what it could have been like, obviously, it, you know, it, we'll never know, but like, that was the closest I could imagine of what he had to go through, right. Being some of the first ones to land on the beach and surviving, like he survived the whole thing. So being able to see a character go through all that and survive, I was like, you know, kind of helped me. It kind of like, was I was able to relate and see that. So that was like, that's why I like that. I love that film, you know, even just for that, not just, for that aspect but also because of that aspect um you know seeing him and, and hearing his stories and then seeing tom hanks's character do all that was kind of kind of cool and and um yeah which is and, and it's a good, good good film too the rest of the film is a good film i like say private ryan is whether you like uh spielberg or not or or have your <laughs> have your doubts about him um it's i, I think it's a good film absolutely yeah it usually makes into the top top five top ten most lists you come across for for the genre 
Yeah. Yeah. I only to see it. That's another movie I haven't seen for some reason. Like, there's a lot of movies that on this on this show that I like. <laughs> I wish I saw this movie, but I haven't yet. I still have to watch so many movies, but that's always been on my list. Yeah. Even just, I mean, I've always liked war films. I love history, so I'm naturally drawn to, you know, if there's a film about a certain time in history, like I'll watch it just because I like the history. Like I'm interested in the history, uh, the historical aspect of it. So I've seen pretty much every war film, you know, <laughs> that they've made on the big screen. I, I love, I love history. Um, so even if you watch it just for that little, that opening scene, um, is uh, for a filmmaker, it's 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 a very impressive. I can't, like, and then you read about like all that they had to do to recreate that, um, the blood in the water, and just like you're like, oh man, I even was, I can't remember. I read something about like the all the people, like the amputees, like the the extras. Mm. Um, it's crazy, like all this crazy stuff you read, just how they created that scene. So even just that scene is is pretty as a filmmaker, like that's it's impressive, and it's kind of cool to watch. Um, yeah uh good good interesting film yeah definitely put that on the list and there's some there's some weird roles i think vin diesel's in that movie he is yeah he is yeah, yeah. Oh. Vin Diesel's, which is so weird <laughs> oh man yeah i didn't even i just remember that now yeah he's in that movie i don't i don't want to spoil it for you if he makes it to the end but yeah vin diesel's there matt damon uh, that must have been one of matt damon's earlier roles um when he was just kind of getting big yeah i think so too. after goodwill hunting i can't remember how many it was because goodwill hunting was 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 his first big or was it no no no. he had done um uh school ties i think school ties was his first one i think that one okay yeah uh, definitely so early on it was just kind of coming and coming right yeah yeah I think so. That that's definitely early on. Yeah, like his. Uh, yeah, School Ties was his f- first like feature film. The others, he was just uh, an extra in in his extra. last. Film. Yeah. Mm. Right. Yeah, like one of his first big ones. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's an interesting one. Um, there's a couple of good. There's another one called. Um, uh, the the siege of of the siege of Jadet, Jacksonville or Jadetville or it's on Netflix. Um, let me look it up. The siege of the siege of Jadotville. It's this Netflix film. It's also about the British. Uh, I think it's about the British. Um, uh, an Irish commander who there's a siege coming in the, in, in the, he's in Africa in, I think North Africa. And he's got a very small battalion of men and, and he's going to get invaded. Uh, it was actually pretty good. Um, it was an interesting one. Uh, not about Americans. I'm always on the lookout for films, war films, not because there's so many, they're mainly American, right? About American stories. So yeah. I I, I'm always interested in in those, but then again, when you have these films come out that not from American spent stories, I think those are interesting as well. So that's on Netflix too. It's yeah, it's kind of an action type type film that's pretty pretty good. Which is also reminded me of another movie called Zulu, which is an old film. I don't know if you've seen that. It sounds familiar. Put that one on the list too. Zulu's, which that might be on the top ten for some like 
you know, film kind of buff, like cinema people who love cinema, um, if they like older films, it's an old film. So that they'll they'll usually put that on their list. I saw that when I was really young too. I don't know why I watched so many war movies when I was young. Blame <laughs> my parents. Um, and I liked it too. I liked that movie too. So that so when I watched the Siege of Jadotville, it kind of reminded me of Zulu. Um, yeah. Similar, they're just a small small group of soldiers getting like, you know, uh, invade uh, like attacked from all sides by just a larger group. So mm-hmm. it's an you know, underdog type story, right? Appeals to your, you know, the underdog. Yeah, yeah. I see here Michael Caine. Mm-hmm. Michael Caine. Yep. He's a good actor. He's good. He's young in that one. <laughs> that was like 1964. Wow. Yeah. It's. And he sure was young there. Wow. It's. It's pretty. It's pretty. Sure. Enjoy- I mean, it's yeah. It's just a old old movie i wouldn't call it like a great a great movie it's just a, a like an action type of old movie um something kind of interesting yeah, yeah. that's, that's awesome i'm always trying to watch more movies so that's that's amazing yeah there's so many honorable mentions for me today like i the list like finding top three is so hard so there were so many i left off but um yeah like I had Dunkirk on my honorable mentions, 1917. Um, so many movies. Um, speaking of non-American war movies, um, it's, it's in Spanish. Los Colores de la Montaña. Is that is that right, Nick? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I don't know. Like I might have said one word wrong, but it's the color, the color of the mountain, or the colors of the mountain. Yeah, the colors of the mountain. Sorry. And it's a Colombian film tells about the um, the guerrilla warfare with the paramilitary in Colombia. And it's, it's very much like, again, like a civilian film um, mm. from, the, from the perspective of just the, the farmers in this affected part of Colombia. And beautiful film, like from, from a child's perspective. So again, like the, seeing, seeing these horrible things through a young person's eyes and everything. Great, great movie. I highly recommend it. Um, yeah, just great film. Um, so Put that one on my list. Yeah, I, I really recommend. It. I think you can watch it on YouTube. Um, it's available on YouTube, so that's mm. that's interesting. So you don't have to, you know, search too far for it, which is nice. nice. Um, uh, speaking of, uh, oh, I'm missing so many others. <laughs> Sorry, Nikki. Thanks. Uh, speaking of non-English war films, a recent one I seen on on Sandy by Denis Villeneuve. Oh, incendies! Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a great Absolutely. film. Thank you. I wait for him and me to film too. <laughs> it was a great. Like, it's it's technically a war film. Like, there's not it doesn't focus much on combat, but again, it's from the civilian perspective, like how a mother and her children were affected by the horrors of the war. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great, great film too. Absolutely, yeah, it's a solid one. Um, yeah, honorable mentions probably got to mention Son of Saul. Mm. That's a solid film. Um, no. Letters from uh, what's that? Uh, uh, Clint Eastwood. Letters from Iwo Jima. Mm. That's oh. a good film too. I should, I've heard of that. Definitely heard of that. Yeah. 
one of Clint Eastwood's. I feel one of his one of his better one of his better movies for sure. I think it. Yeah, it is Clint Eastwood. I I would hope so. Or maybe it's not. Speaking yeah, of scene here, produced by Clint Eastwood. You're right. Yeah. 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 That sounds interesting. Somehow missed that, but I definitely heard about it. Definitely heard the name. Speaking of Clint Eastwood, another one more honorable mention for me would have to be, which is a controversial one, is uh, American Sniper. Yeah, have you guys heard or seen that one? I've heard yeah. of it. Yeah, I haven't seen it though. No. Yeah. That yeah. is with Bradley Cooper. Mm-hmm. To me, that one is Bradley Cooper is my favorite movie star, by the way. And to me, this is his best performance yet, in my opinion. Like, hmm. yeah. yeah, I would agree with you there, hundred percent. I think that's Bradley Cooper's best performance for sure. Just really solid in that. Like, good, mm-hmm. good. That was one where um, I I don't know the original. Like, I never seen videos before that of the sniper uh, who it's based off of. I forget his name. Chris Kyle. Chris Kyle, right? Chris Kyle. So I I, but it felt like I was watching Chris Kyle. And again, I didn't know what he looked like and, and before that movie. I wasn't familiar with the story, but I I felt like I was watching like Amer- an American sniper named Chris Kyle. Um, and not, you know, Bradley, Bradley Cooper, handsome GQ model guy or whatever, right? Like, you just felt like you're watching the character. Yeah, it's, it is a controversial film, but just, it is, that's a good film. Very, like, really powerful, really plays with your heart there. Definitely. Like, I could, I could actually feel, like, the, his characters, like, his, the emotions he's going through. Like, a man who wants to go back to his family, but even when he comes back, the war is still with him. Like, it really, I could feel his pain, really, like, of a broken man. Like, really well done. Yeah. Which I guess is a, a big part about being these soldiers, right? Is that emotion that what you have to live with when you get back, um, you know, after you've seen the things you've seen, it, you know, I can't, I can't imagine, I can't imagine what it would be like. So yeah. And yeah, you, you, you feel like you, you get a little glimpse into what it, what it would feel like in a way. Um, yeah. Really, really impactful kind of movie. Yeah. Um, which is which is probably which is what I think what uh, the Full Metal Jacket was trying to portray in that film. I kind of feel like that's you know the mental the mental side of what it does to a person mentally going through war as a soldier. Um, you know that's what I felt like that that film was about, and that was the main subject matter of it so uh an american sniper i know the controversy is like the decisions he made or all that kind of stuff some people that's they think that's what the movie was but i feel like what the core of that movie was also was hit what he was going through um you know coming back and living you know kind of carrying on with his life right yeah interesting movie and uh, by the way, uh, I gotta go. S- I gotta go soon. By the way, to help my friend or something. I mean, this is our this is our longest episode yet. Look, we've reached the one hour mark by a long shot. Yeah, it's almost as long as a war movie. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> well, not quite. No. And so Very I, fitting. <laughs> I one more thing to say. To, um, and in a way, like in a more subtle way, we we are basically fighting a war from our own homes, basically trying to survive this whole pandemic. And we will together. We will make we will make it through with this pandemic together. We have people we love, our family, our friends. We got them to keep us company during this whole time. And I guarantee you, we will come back from this stronger than ever before. I know it. Great words, for sure. Absolutely. Thanks to you, Dave, for making it possible. Yeah, no problem. Hey, and I, I encourage you guys to, uh, you know, just get on. Uh, I'm glad you're on film buffs there, Nick. And I, I, I'd love to see you guys' comments and thoughts and posts more. Um, tag me in them uh, when you guys comment. It's been, it's been, it's great to see like people who really care about your film and all aspects of it. You know, the making, the the stories, the acting, the, 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 the sound, that, that's what I that's really love. So yeah, I'm happy to have, see you guys more on, more on the group and love, love to uh, talk more with you guys. We'd be honored. Yeah. Thank you so much. So nice to meet you, Kieran. That was, that was awesome. That was a great show. Great conversation. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Until then, this is Sin City, live from cmru.ca. I'm Nick Manessis. I'm Dave McLean. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you next time.